0: Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It's uh, good to see you guys and be with you this morning. There's nothing good waiting for you if the focus solely is on whatever difficulty you're in. And so from this passage that we're going to look at, Acts 16, 16 through 34, what you're going to see is, is that the difficulty does not improve. And yet there is a mission. Yet there is a focus, yet there is something that still will get you from A to B. And I believe as a class, as a church, what we should be focused on, if we're going to truly, you know, like we talked about earlier, if we're going to truly be a class of shepherds and evangelists, we have to be ready for this because we don't want to miss the opportunities that potentially God will give us, even while we're in a difficult place. There are those that are around us that very much need to hear an encouraging word, to be prayed for, to hear the gospel, to be encouraged and invited to Bible study or to church. And so I I want you to be honest with God in terms of where you are. Man, you, you, you know, when you're the difficulty of your situation that you may be in personally, or just some of the things that we're dealing with as a class, some of the grief we're dealing with, uh, all of those things. Let's be honest with God and give those things to him. But then let's also be prepared. Okay. If the Lord says, my grace is sufficient, you're in this thing, stay in this thing. Okay. Then Lord, help me to see the opportunities I have to bring you glory. Right. Cause that's, that's why you're alive. That's why you're here. And so let me just pray. Um, and uh, we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. And Lord, I just thank you for this uh, this wonderful group of people, Lord, that you've just assembled this morning, both here and in uh, throughout our church. Lord, we just pray that the Holy Spirit will have free reign and free course to speak through the speakers that will be speaking in the various fellowships and in main service, but then also to listen and to be ready to do what it is that has been said, Lord, I um I just pray that uh, we would consider uh, where we are in terms of faithfulness. Lord, are we devoted to you? Are we comforted by you? Are we following after you? As a people, Lord, I pray that we would do that. And, and then, Lord, I, I pray that once we kind of evaluate that, the Lord, our, our answer would be we want to. And that that would propel us in ways that we don't know. and We don't have to know the details because we trust that you are the architect, and so Father, I'm just praying that, um, and your word, would have the power that I know that it wields, and uh, Lord, change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Okay, we got a big stretch here. Let's read it just so we can kind of get our minds wrapped around what we're looking at here. Remember, this is after uh, Lydia, and it says in verse 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, that's not to say that this was the following week or whatever, you know, it doesn't really specify, but it's similar. And I just bring that up to let you know they were on their way to prayer when they met Lydia. Okay, well, check out what happens here though. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. Okay, that's not Lydia. <laughs> Very different situation, right? Uh, who brought her masters much gain by so The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. And Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs, which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose, and the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been been fled. But, But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took with them, excuse me, took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all his straightway And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And so you can see that this is a very active uh, passage. There's a there's a lot going on. And one of the things that I just want to for a purpose for you during this time is that uh, is that you may know him better. I believe the complete motivation behind everything that Paul does is that he knows Christ well. He understands what his purpose is in Christ. He understands the power by which he wields the great majesty and being preeminent in his life. There is an intimacy that is there that just allows Paul to keep moving forward. And really I'm thinking that that is something that now we need to really start asking ourselves, man, the God of our salvation is still our, our father our brother, our friend, he's able to like hold all of these titles in our life, our King, our Lord, our Savior. If I forget any of those aspects in the midst of the circumstance that I'm in, then what I will tend to do is focus solely on the circumstance. See, that's, the, that's where you don't really see Paul do that much. It's not because he's incredibly awesome. He's just in love, man. And not in some way that's inappropriate or awkward for us guys that are tough guys. And, you know, we punch concrete for a living and whatever, <laughs> right? Like, I get that that could be a little weird for you, but man, I, listen, I, being in love with Jesus, is the best thing you can do. It is the best thing you can do. It changes everything. And so here in uh, Philippians 3, 7 through 10, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And here it is, don't miss it, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the boundaries by which we are watching Paul in Acts. All of it, everything that we have seen him do, this is the framework. This very much then needs to be the framework by by how it is that we are going to press and move forward. If we are seeking to be a class that has fruit at the judgment seat of Christ, we must get this. We absolutely must get this. And so I have a, a bit of a passage outlined for you. And these are our key points. We're going to study these things here. In 16 through 18, we have here, just says, no surprise, spiritual attack. And that key point will be around, we know who Jesus is. Does it say we, we, oh, good. (laughs) Let's see if they fix that. (laughs) We, we know who Jesus is. We are not surprised by spiritual attack. See, when we, we, when we have that understanding, there are things and, and a, and a tip that we can go back to, a source, an authority that we can go back to that says, this is a thing, expect it expect it. The other thing, when we look between 19 and 24, the world will defend its agenda. But here it is, when we know Jesus, we expect for the world to turn against us. See, the thing is, you have to understand there's something about that, that world dynamic. And there's always an opportunity for you to go along and just get along with them. So you got choices that you have to make on day to day. And sometimes those choices, you know, when you just go along and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty easy if you can understand and in the world that I come from in construction and in ironwork, boy, you can get in a conversation and it's Monday morning or the next day and people are saying, how was your weekend? And then you're just going to hear, you know, whatever filth. And it may just cause you to hold back that, oh, you were at a missions conference or that you were at church. Maybe you had Bible study during that time period and you just let them have the day. It is amazing to me how bold the lost are with their foolishness. And then comparatively how quiet we are with our truth. The next key point we need to look at is stay focused on the souls of men. When we know who Jesus is, we become more concerned about the souls of men. See, if you notice, there's kind of a progression. There's something about knowing Jesus that helps us to know that we will be under attack, that the world will be against us. But then also, I will have a heart like his, and it won't be something that you feel like at church you're being forced to do, but you will adopt his heart on the situation, and you will look at those individuals around you, and you will say, Lord, I see need in their life. Use me to minister to them. See, that's, that's where I want to get to. And so let's get into that first key point. When we know who Jesus is, we're not surprised by a spiritual attack. We find that in 16 through 18, and it came to pass, we went to prayer. A certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. the same followed Paul and us crying, saying these men are the servants of the most high God which showing to us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. We should pay attention to the fact that they are on their way to prayer. And one of the things that you can kind of, as a Christian, start to think is there are safe places and boundaries by which attack will not come. But we've already t- discussed that even the enemy can find his place in here, in these walls. And so that you got to be on guard, you got to be looking, you got to be paying attention. Notice there is not some arisement of. I'm disappointed that this happened. It's just here it is. This is what it is. Probably not surprised at all. It's Paul. We've seen this before. We have this kind of understanding. They come to meet this this false prophetess who is possessed, working for somebody else for gain, to them. So she's just a pawn in the thing. And if you notice just the interaction with her, a lot of times, you, you know, we might be thinking like, man, what happened to her? <laughs> we don't even hear any more about her. Something else that I think we have to pay attention to is that Jesus has weighed in on this subject. And I believe it's something that Paul very much remembered in Luke 9, 1. It says this. Oh, let me go back. It's probably at the top of that. And Luke um, 9-1, I'm sorry, that one's not on your PowerPoint there. It says, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Why? Well, because they were being sent out. And in in verse 2, it says, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. See, there is something about the preparation that you have to know that the Lord is like, man, I'm going to send you out there. And it's sick people. There's people with challenges and problems and all of that. And you need to go meet them. I want you to stand before them. I'm commanding you to do that. Will you obey me in that? This is why Paul can find some comfort in just going, of course she is. Of course she's doing this. Paul would. Later write in Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, excuse me, uh, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He understood that. He's telling you that the lady is not the enemy. He understood that there is a power behind her that is taking place. And listen, in America, a lot of times, I think our idea of these things is kind of like the movies, right? It's like uh, some Catholic priest rolling up his sleeves, sweating, and fighting with somebody's head that's spinning 360 and all of that. You may not get that, but you very much may work for somebody, live next to somebody that is under the control of somebody else. And they annoy you. And it's challenging to be around them. And what your flesh will have a tendency to do is despise them and not see beyond, wait a minute, let me, do I know where they stand with the Lord? Perhaps there's an issue there that has to be addressed. Perhaps the problem is, is they don't know who the Lord is. I wonder if we ask ourselves these questions when we're in the midst of these things. In in Ephesians 6, it goes on to say, it's about so that you can stand. Listen, it doesn't matter. I know that in those movies, that portrayal of that always makes this Herculean effort by this individual, but that's not the power by which he was even, even able to tell this spirit to get out of here. Your power is of no consequence against spiritual wickedness. Do not try to wrestle with that. You do not play games with the occult. It is real. It is very real. And there are places in the world that I have been to that those things have a greater grip. And you may say, see the fantastic take place. How do we respond? Ephesians 6:13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the, in the evil day, and having done all to stand. The Lord is wanting us to stand up in the moment, not cower, not cower. See, the thing you have to understand is the Lord laid the foundation. He said, this is how it's going to be. This is what you're going to do. But then also he prepared you to be able to deal with it. And I love that we get a chance to see Paul dealing with this. So notice Paul didn't argue or fight. He's just simply stood up in the moment. In verse 18, it says this, and this did she many days. For a time period, he let this go on. Maybe he tried to ignore it. I love that a little bit. You still see that the flesh is weak because he was grieved by it. He could have dealt with it the day that he first met her, first heard her saying these things, but he didn't. For whatever reason, he needed to stand up in a moment and he just simply said this, turn and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Very matter of fact. Why does he do that? Because he already knew what he was up against. See, your time in the word needs to be something that is giving you insight into the day. When you come to the word of God, you're looking for answers on how to deal with the day. So that way you don't end up surprised. Because sometimes surprise for the believer just leads us to be disappointed with our God. Man, I wasn't expecting this thing to happen. Why not? why not? What makes you so safe? That difficulty, challenge, loss can't come across your front door as well. Man, let's not let these difficulties have us off of our platform. Jesus is that platform by which we stand. And so I love just simply watching a a simple way by which Paul deals with this issue He knows what the word of God says. He wrote and said, he knows that the woman is not his enemy, that there's an enemy greater. And what did he do? He didn't get boisterous or loud. He just simply said in a commanding way, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Man, can you look at your problems and have the same attitude? What's the devil trying to tell you now that really the answer is Jesus? I know how Jesus feels about me, despite what this situation I'm in may try to tell me. I know what it is for this difficulty I'm having at work, this relationship thing that I'm having. It's, it's challenging. It's got all these layers and issues. But I know what Jesus says about me. So I'm going to take the high road, which is clearly the, high, it's the highest road. It's his road. Can we do that, believer? Can we let that knowledge, that knowledge of who he is, frame my actions, how I think, where I seek my comfort from, how I respond. See, I'm wanting you to very much in this time period to not just be, oh, woe is me. There's a time for us to grieve this very much, the situations that we have, especially in our class right now, we will have to do that. We'll get another opportunity to do that on Saturday. And there will be a time where we'll have to send that grief straight to the Lord and say, Lord, help me so that I can function in the day. So I can think, so I can be ready. I want to be ready. Do you or do you not want to be used of the Lord? Because here's the thing, I think. There's opportunity every day. And I don't want to be sidetracked thinking about, excuse me, all the things that are going on. Right? Right? I pray that there is some amount of encouragement to you, even that as my wife listens on Zoom because she's not feeling well and not, you know, just not normal. You guys know how very much that's, that's my buddy, we roll. When you generally see me, you see her and vice versa. But guess what? I got to be here and she's good with that. And regardless of whether she is, he's good with that. So we're going to obey him, right? It doesn't mean it's any easier. I don't think I want to hang out, check on her. Hey, you all right? But I can't give her any more comfort than God can. So I got to do the work that I'm called to do. You see what I'm saying? Man, be careful how you attend upon these difficulties. You may be giving them too much attention. Call on the name of the Lord and say, get out of here. It's about standing up in the moment. We need to be able to stand. We kneel before our Lord, nothing else. Nothing else. The next point we want to look at is key point number two. When we know who Jesus is, we expect for the world to turn against us. And now if you notice, we have gone from this difficult, man, I'm just trying to get to prayer. And here this lady is saying a truth, but she's really just saying it to try to expose who I am and badger me and annoy me, right? It's true. (laughs) They are men of God. They have salvation fresh on their lips. But you know, like in the area where they are, there's not a lot of people that would be in tune with that. And so they would kind of go, it starts turning their heart away. Now, okay, now you are hindering the ministry, lady. That may be why Paul said, all right, no, shut up. (laughs) All right, sick of this. And you would think, okay, now he can kick his feet up. Man, he called on the name of the Lord. Great victory happened. The devil, you know, left, right? No. No. See, this is where that endurance comes in that's necessary for us. Verse 19, and when her master saw that The hope of their gains were gone. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. What else do they do? Teach customs, which are not lawful for us to receive, neither, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them. Man, think about that. It went from one to many. Now what do you do, Christian? Maybe these difficulties you are facing right now feels like it was one thing I could handle, but now it's a lot. I'm stressed out. Lord, I'm ready to just throw the towel in, give up. What's the point of coming to church? What's the point of coming to Bible study? Why would I finish LFBI? Lord, you know what my schedule is? You made it like this. I got to take care of this. I got to do these things. Has anybody said that? (laughs) Has anybody thought that? Listen, this is not here to throw some kind of shade on you like somehow uh, I have all the magic tricks. I haven't said it. I can formulate those sentences because I have thought those thoughts. I know when that pressure is getting on you. Man, I heard a guy say sometimes, man, when he lays his head down in a pillow, it feels like he's laying in a vice. You can't even sleep all the
1: things you, you worried about.
0: Man, you just brought more trouble on me. Verse 22, and the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Not only have you turned public opinion against me, you have mounted the affliction that I'm in, but now it's going to turn not only into mental anguish, but physical pain. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. I want you to know that things get worse, even for Paul, just like for us sometimes, y'all. We are a praying class. We have seen God move in this class. We've asked the Lord to move on our children, on our spouses, and some of those things the Lord has not yet answered in the way that we have asked. Listen, let me ask you a question. Does that mean that I stop asking?
1: The answer is no. Because where does your your faith lie? Who else you gonna ask? Are you just gonna give up now? Things get worse sometimes, y'all. We're gonna suffer more loss maybe.
0: Maybe it would be longer for our children to come back home properly. What if it's a few more years before that spouse gets saved?
1: What are we going to do?
0: This should help us be conscious of the potential for fatigue in the fight. We have to at least be honest with God and honest sometimes that you just get tired. You get tired of trying to think right,
1: you get tired of it.
0: Again, Jesus has some insight about this and, and pay special attention here. It says uh, in Matthew ten sixteen through 18, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Whoa, <laughs> he could not have used two different animals. If you, listen, I like, I like nature. I'm not a, a PETA subscriber, but I like, I've always loved animals. I think, think they're cool. And I like nature shows, National Geographic. And one thing that you will learn about wolves is they are super intelligent, super dangerous. They will flank you from one side to force you to go down a trail that they want you to go down. I mean, it is incredible how they hunt. And then he mentions sheep, which are incredibly stupid. (laughs) And listen, this is what he said. He said, I send you forth, my folks. We ain't the wolves in the narrative. We're the dummies, (laughs) right? Dang. Listen, we're the dummies. And then he says, in the midst of wolves, Lord, can it just be one of them? No, because they roll in packs. There are those outlying situations where you have one wolf and he has no home and he can be out there and he is equally dangerous because he doesn't have others helping. you. You might have had situations where you just had one alpha wolf that was after you, but a lot of times, man, that's a pack hunting you down. It goes on to say, for they will deliver you up to the councils. They will scourge you in their synagogues, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. You don't think Jesus didn't tell Paul this too? Remember, he had a private discipleship session with Jesus. Nothing that is happening to Paul is a surprise because Jesus has already informed him. And just like he told his disciples then that, and then was like, all right, guys, see ya. <laughs> the thing is the same. But I listen, I want you to understand something. Jesus knew then and still knows now what he is doing. I want you to just abandon the idea that whatever circumstance or difficulty you find yourself in, that somehow the Lord is unaware of how to get you through it. That's not the case. So now we need to start looking at the situations differently. Did the Lord draw this up on purpose in order to bring me to a low spot so that I will call on him in time of need? Oh, absolutely, that's the answer. So now it's very interesting to me that in our class, in our church, but particularly in this class, of the difficulties that we've had, we've shared in the grief of some of that. So now the Lord has corralled us as a class and said, I want all of y'all to get eyes, focus on me. Everybody
1: in this class.
0: Listen, man. You got to understand something. The wolves are on you. But the lion of the tribe of Judah protects you. And wolves are awesome, but they ain't lions.
1: They ain't lions.
0: That's who your protector is. A lion. The lion. And so you have to just go into it and just head deep. Okay, I understand. This could end up being the end of me, or you will bring me through it. Either way, it's a win. If I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb, if the Lord says, Dale, it's time for you to come home, is that a loss for me? No. It's a loss for you, maybe. Maybe some of you would like, good, get out of here. (laughs) But that's not a loss for me. Whatever you think about me, I am not going to care. I guarantee you, the minute I am looking at the Lord Jesus, I'm just not. But what if he brings me through? Then I have a testimony to share to encourage you with. So now, class, I think very much that the Lord has corralled us. He wants our attention and he wants us to have victory on our lips, because there will be somebody we will encounter in our homes, in our neighborhoods, at work, that will go through the same thing and will need to know how to get through it. You will have the answer, intimately. We need to personalize this thing. Stop thinking it's just some random acts of, like, uh, what is it? Lemony Snicket's unfortunate events. (laughs) This ain't that. That's a kid's book. This is the Bible. A position and a platform of authority. And so we got to pay attention. In John 16, it says this. These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation. But check it out now. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Simple and plain. I don't care about their advances. It doesn't matter how they treat me at work. It doesn't matter how they treat me in my neighborhood. It doesn't matter what people say about me on social media. The Lord says he's overcome that. So am I gonna go along to get along and dumb myself down and try to play the game by their rules or am I going to just do it the way the Lord says to do it? See, I don't want you to go into these things thinking you have no choices. A lot of times, difficult circumstances try to tell us you don't have a choice, so you got to respond and react in this way. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Not when you know the Lord. Not like if you understand the way that Paul knows the Lord and has been taught by him. Listen, guys, we have more so than what he had in terms of that physical uh, conversation. We have this book that includes all of it. And the Lord is wanting us to get intimately close to it in such a way that we can be encouraged by it, that we can have the answer, that we can have a flashlight on these situations, these dark areas of our lives. I want us to be a class that doesn't just get over it. I'm never going to say that to you. Whatever difficult things that we have going on, they need their time and space to be grieved. They absolutely do. But here's the deal. I want you to also be thinking, I don't wanna waste time because the Lord saved me unto good works. I love him and I wanna obey him. And I want the opportunity to be used of him whenever he says be used. So we don't wanna miss those opportunities. Cause you know what, man, a Christian that's hiding the light in them, man, that's worthless. It's worthless. Paul knew this also. And I love in Galatians, we already, we kind of talked about it. Marcus mentioned it. If you're not in one of our Bible studies, I encourage you to get and be a part of it, man. We're going to be looking at Galatians. We're just off the heels of some of the things that were are discussing Acts that he will be going into a little more detail about. Um, but regardless, it's just time with your brothers and sisters around, send it around the word. Man, some of the feedback I'm getting already, they've been some exciting, explosive times. Praise the Lord. Word of God is good. In Galatians 1.1, 1, 1, just at the beginning, it says, Paul, an apostle, and I love this, how he just phrased it. Not of men, neither by man, but who? By Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Is your position mentally, that solidified that you would say it the same way about whatever it is you're doing as a son of God, Because here's the deal. When Paul is saying that, it's going to affect how he thinks and what he does and how he feels about the situations he's in. So I'm telling you, if you would say, I could say the same thing, prove it. That's all I'm saying. Prove it. If If you know that you are a son of God and you know by which power you have that, then pick up your countenance move forward in faith, be accountable here, be submitted to your local church, be submitted in this class, man, let's, let's move forward together. And last thing is like we said, 25 to 34, we want to stay focused on the souls of men, man. I've had the difficulty of I'm on my way to prayer. And now this thing tries to come and disrupt what it is that I'm seeking to do. We know Paul and his team, when, he going, when he's going to the synagogue, he's going to preach the gospel. That's what his heart is, that's what he's gonna do. But now I have to have and listen to this lady keep going on this rant constantly. You know, it's like, all right, man, <laughs> okay. I see what's happening here. I don't overreact, I just stand up in the moment. And then it blows up in his face. He makes the right choice. And now we have these other individuals that then jump on top. And now it's like, oh, you need to be put in jail. First, we need to beat you, then put you in jail. Man, listen. If anybody that could have said, all right, Lord, I'm out, it would have been Paul. That's not what he did. And I'm not, it's not, it's not necessary to make some kind of comparison like you are a weaker version than Paul. Paul would hate that. Uh, he would want to encourage you. So let me do that for you this morning. I'm just saying the scales are tipped in our favor. We have a completed word. We have the Holy spirit, man. We have a church that we know what the, what its principles and values are. I think we have ways that we could be useful and we can kind of, kind of gather together and go, man, are you hurting? Yeah, I'm hurting. Hey, can you just pray for me? Absolutely. You gonna be a Bible study tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. See you tomorrow. Hey, call me later. Can we have lunch? Absolutely. You gonna be at church tomorrow? Yeah. Can we sit together? Cool. I mean, these are how I want these conversations to go in for the fellowship. And not just be a bunch of random people sitting kind of around each other. There's something you gotta know about Jesus, guys. You got to know that it's going to get harder. He told you that. He, you got to know that you are a sheep. You are the dummies in the story. And what you're up against is beyond your power. So there is a power greater than those powers that is looking out for you. You got to know that. Like, you got to know that in your knower, as Pops would say. Because I'm telling you, that's the framework by which you will have success in this life and you will just keep going. What we're trying to be is, Not many of us have gray, you have some gray, but I'm looking for Faith Fellowship to be a class of silver haired individuals that are still making a difference, having eternal value. Man, that would be awesome. I love watching Sam with his buddies that I saw when all of them had hair, and now none of them have hair or the hair they have is thinning. And I love that, right? That could be us. But we got to know who Jesus is. We gotta be, we gotta know it and I know it. We gotta be concrete on these things. We gotta look at his word and go, hey, tell me, what is the trap that's set in front of me? Oh, I absolutely, he'll give you that information. And so, this last little bit here, when we know who Jesus is, we become more concerned about the souls of men. In verse 25 which for me is the key verse in this passage that we're studying here, because it says something. Despite everything that had happened up to this point, this is what they do. And I was thinking, I, I was you know, kind of looking at this again this morning, and I, I started praying. I love that song Uriah sings, Oh, great is our God. I just immediately I heard it, and I was thinking of Paul just singing off key, all loud, and not to be showy, but because that's how he felt about it. This verse reminds us to offer a prayer and praise in the midst of trouble. When you cannot find any rest on your pillow, pray. When you are woken up in the middle of the night, pray. Lift up praise. Remember these songs, rehearse them in your heart. I came up these stairs this morning, whistling, oh, great is our God. I had it on repeat in the truck. For some reason, it was hitting me in the fields. Because I could see my brother in the midst of that thing. Because I left my wife home and she's not comfortable. And that bothers me. So I needed to tell the Lord how I felt about it. And offer praise and prayer. So I feel you. Please do not hear me as if everything is all well and good. If you're in trouble, I'm in trouble. You get that. So it's 40 times over for me.
1: And it's fine, that's my job. I'm a fellowship leader, not by men, but by Jesus Christ.
0: This thing reminds us to refocus, to humble ourselves and to submit ourselves to his will. That's what I want you to do in this time period. What may feel like a dark cloud over this class right now is not true because the God we serve makes clouds, okay? That's not, it's not true. Don't let this difficulty, this challenge, this fear, this uncertainty change and move you off your platform. Refocus, humble yourself, and submit yourself to his will. And watch what happened, verse 26. Because <laughs> listen, this is the, the God you serve can change the momentum very quickly. It's kind of like a Patrick Mahomes score, right? We know our guy can score at will. And it seems like when the, when the odds are against the Chiefs, all of a sudden, I mean, his defense has let him down. <laughs> they're down, they're about to lose the game. 13 seconds. Nothing, the Cowboys in 14 seconds are like, I don't know. We hate Patrick Mahomes. Why, how did he do that? We can't spike the ball in 14 seconds. This guy got off two plays in 13 seconds. You know what I'm saying? And even greater, the Lord can change it in a heartbeat. So now listen, if he doesn't, it's on purpose. Okay? like You got to just tell yourself that right now. You might have asked, and the Lord might have said to you, if you read your Bible, you will come across the verse that says, my grace is sufficient, <laughs> but you don't read. So Dale, will you tell them that on Sunday? Yes, sir. Verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the, excuse me, foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Pay special attention believer to the integrity of Paul and his team, integrity in the world matters. You wanna know why they stopped asking you about um, to pray? because they heard you go off on so-and-so at work. You cussed them up and down. Felt pretty good. Ain't nobody asking you nothing about you know? Go to church. No thanks. They allow that there at your church. <laughs> integrity is important. Don't miss that. If they had to bounce up out of there, it's better to be a prisoner of the Lord than a fugitive of the state. Stand your ground, believer. Have integrity. According to what it is that Jesus Christ would define. Verse 29, then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down. I love it, man. Before Paul and Silas. And just before we get into it, more wisdom from Jesus. And uh, it says here, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his work, say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, so they are white already to harvest. And I love this in verse 36 and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. It's like a promise of like the joy together that you guys are co laborers. You realize that what we're talking about. When we're talking about ministering to other people and investing in the souls of man, it makes you a co-laborer with Jesus. Listen, you're not going to find a better work partner. And iron work partnership is very important. And there were guys that, man, my face would just light up when I got out of the truck and I see my buddies here. We about to, man, this is going to be great. I don't care what this job is. I don't care how awful it is. It didn't matter. I, it was a funny thing that we would always kind of joke about amongst each other in the craft. And we would say, I'd rather have a job with my buddy as my partner than have an awesome job with a bunch of people I can't stand. Because it made the job worse. Man, we could be getting, you know, working at uh, one of these gypsum plants, getting fiberglass all over you. And we'd just be yucking it up, chuckling, ha-ha, hee hee, working, going home, scratching and itching. And for five days... It don't matter. That's my buddy. How much more would it be like that with Jesus if you knew him? Like really knew him. Not just knowing him by name. Not just knowing him by a bumper sticker, t-shirt, necklaces. That's what we reduced our Lord to. He wants you to know him intimately. So that you don't tremble in the moment. Verse 30. He brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in, the ho- in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he, sat, he said, meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. See, listen, challenging seasons demand that we know Jesus. Otherwise, we will fall for the wiles of the devil give in to the worldview, and finally, we won't see souls. We'll only see self. That's what's at stake. You want to know how to make it? You got to know who he is, and you got to know him intimately. The things that he's going to ask you to do are going to blow your mind. But, man, I'm telling you, if you just just say, Lord, I need to know who you are, and he's like, you will in this challenge, you're going to know me more because we're going to talk a lot. so i like to hear from you, right? And just go with it. My final thought is this. Knowledge of, of who Jesus is is placed in his word, his cross, and his throne. So we must be willing to meet him at each of these places in order to truly discover who he is. In his word, in his cross, and at his throne. It is not sufficient enough just for you to know him at the cross. You need to spend that time in the word and you very much need to know who he is on the throne. He is Lord. So respond to him as such. Guys, I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to get through this because I know the Lord I serve. And um I pray that, man, you just can walk through these things and you, we can just see how it is and we can apply this to our lives and the moments that we have. And so let the Lord hear your cries out. Man, let your brother or sister, but I'm telling you, you're gonna find some comfort if we're together. Get some time in the work this week and uh, I'm just, just watching work. I promise you he will show up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> Lord, I, I do pray that we just prayerfully consider uh, what it is that you've just shown me from your word and just ways that we can really have to revisit. Do we know you like we should know you? And Lord, I pray that all of us would have this self-examination that just doesn't look at Paul as like he's you know a, a statue and, and there's no way that we could accomplish the things that he's done. But Lord, I'm telling you the secret to his success is that he, man, he's, he knows who you are and it's, and it's solidified in his heart and in his mind. And Lord, it, it has an effect on his actions. And so, Lord, we appreciate that example, but I'm asking Lord, will we not just look at him as if that's an impossibility, but that we would consider ourselves. Lord, we are in a class in great difficulty and just we have some challenging things we need to address and, and deal with and cry about and all of those things. Cry out to you about the Lord. Would you meet us? Would you meet us in your word? Would you meet us, Lord? You met us on the cross. Lord, would you meet with us in your throne? Father, I pray that that would be the boundaries by which we are um, are spiritually living in light of those two realities what happened on the cross and what's going to happen when you call us up, Lord, and everything in the middle. Father, those are the parentheses of our life. And so don't let us waste it. I'm begging you. Don't let us waste it. Help us, guide us, direct us. Lord, have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.